Hey guys, and welcome to Smart Women Read Romance, a book review podcast where we fangirl over all things romance. I'm Jessen. And I'm Juliet. And today we'll be reviewing Love in the Afternoon, the fifth book in Lisa Kleypas' Hathaway series. But before we dive in, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast platform and please write and review us. We love reading them. And if you want more romance discussions, you need to follow us on our social media pages at SWReadRom and join our close Facebook group, The Swoon Zone. If you'd like some podcast extras, become a patron of the podcast on Patreon, where we have extra content, including exclusive episodes and give away free stickers and books and bookmarks. So love it. Love mm-hmm. it. A special shout out to all of our patrons. And I hope that you're going to enjoy the um, book of the month for May, which is Pucked by Helena Hunting. So oh, that's what we're going to be doing. And nice. I hope that y'all are going to enjoy that live episode where you get to <laughs> chat with us. Yeah, that's going to be fun. That's going to be a good one. I always love chatting with everybody. I do too. And like it's it's me staring at the camera for like an hour, but it's it's fine. I'm good. I like it. And I'm just like <laughs> typing shit the whole time, like constantly making commentary. Like I can't control myself. Oh, I love it. I'm like, I think last time I did it, I was like, why do I look so red on camera, guys? Hold on, let me change the camera settings. It's like I look, I look so red. Thanks. <laughs> but anyway, no, you look adorable. You look adorable. Anyway, anyway, so I wanted to talk about a little something that happened on Twitter the other day, and I feel like I could bring it up um, since it happened recently. We mm-hmm. recorded out of order, which pushes this, you know, closer to the actual release actual date. Release. Mm-hmm. You're right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there was someone on Twitter that said um, they had reposted this Reddit thread, and it was like, um, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna talk about the Reddit thread. You probably saw oh, it yeah. on Twitter, but yeah. So the Reddit thread was great. This woman was talking about her fiance who loves to go to Waffle House, <laughs> like it's something that he and his dad used to do and stuff like that. Anyway, he gets in constant fights with the cook because the egg is not cooked <laughs> the way he asked for it. Not only is it not cooked the way that he asked for it. Every time he complains to the cook, the next time the cook deliberately makes the eggs the wrong way (laughs) and even started researching ways, other ways to make eggs just Mm -hmm. to piss this guy off and stuff like that. And so the girl was talking about how they're getting married and like they're about to move or whatever and quarantine just happened and she's like worried that her fiance future husband has like this you know vindictive side that she's never Mm -hmm. seen before and she's like so worried about it and she also said like the first place he's probably gonna go after this quarantine is lifted is the waffle house yeah so (laughs) (laughs) the best part was the person who retweeted it and it ended up on my twitter um and roaming its landia was it says this is by uh Deanna Rayborn says ma'am your boyfriend is in an enemies to lovers subplot <laughs> with the Waffle House cook and you're the last to know <laughs> guys it is yes. so fucking true and I need someone to write this book I know I and need I, know. I need it I, know. I mean the first thought that came to mind was Serena Bowen and L Kennedy yeah is one of my favorite MM romances mm-hmm. ever and I'm just like, please, can y'all write this? Like, I yeah, almost please. wanted to tag them and be like, hey, you ever thought about <laughs> You should have. You should have. It's a personal request. Please, 
please do this Waffle House. And it's funny, so I funny because like and girlfriend's the- like, he's obsessed with Waffle House and this in like like obsessed with the Waffle House and this guy. Yeah, like eggs. breakfast food. No, he's like, obsessed with that like, guy. He's no, obsessed. this is flirting. I know. This and some flirting. of it had turned into like fist fights, like their anger turned into yes, and, and he's physical. done it like six or seven times. I'm like, okay. Yes, but he won't report it to like a manager or anything. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's one hundred percent foreplay. So I love some of the responses. I want to read some of them. Um, yeah. One of them says, heads up Waffle House, you'll need to find a new cook this summer. His soon-to-be boyfriend has moving plans. <laughs> and then this one, it says, there's going to be a romantic scene at ca- at the cafe in the airport in which the Waffle House cook breathlessly acknowledges his love for 29-year-old man and follows him or them thruple to a new life in the city as onlookers applaud. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, yes. I love it. I love it. It's absolutely good. That would be so amazing. So... If any author wants to write this, please give it to me because I will read the shit out of it. I'll read multiple books based on this one (laughs) scenario. Like, give me all the scenarios because I think it's the 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 best thing ever. So that like literally was the best thing that happened on Twitter because there's all there's been a couple times I've been on Twitter lately. It's been you know. Um, heavier topics and yeah. you know just well, a lot of anxiety out there right now. Storm, yeah, ha- yeah. All, all, always something's always yeah. happening. Um, exactly. But this was actually a good thing that was happening. And I was I like, oh, it. I love this. I'm like, this is great. I love, love it. <laughs> so it. love it. <laughs> but anyway, okay. <laughs> yeah. So guys, let's get into our Lisa Claypus yeah. um, chat. So you know, if you're familiar with our podcast, we love Lisa Claypus, and this is not the first time that we've reviewed a book by Lisa Claypus. Um, or the last. But I, no, it won't be the last. There's one on the schedule again. And someone just requested that we re- record another Lisa Claypus the other day because I was asking what I asked on Instagram, what books would you like us to record a mm-hmm. podcast review on? And there was multiple Lisa Claypus submissions. And I was like, guys, <laughs> so, this is going to turn into the Lisa, Lisa Claypus, Claypus promise. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, so this series is Hathaway series. Um, the wallflowers and the hathaways and the ravenels her the one that she just concluded was the ravenels they -hmm. all kind of tie in together um and so the hathaways are in the middle you don't have to read one to understand the other at all but it's nice to see some background characters but the hathaways hold a very special place in my heart they're my favorite family that lisa claypis has created and they're before this podcast before this podcast, Juliet hadn't read The Hathaways yet. No. And I put this particular one on the podcast and I'm like, this is the last one in the Hathaway series. Mm-hmm. And Juliet's been reading up a storm lately. Like she's been going crazy with you, new reading. And so I just suggested to her, I'm like, well, I mean, if you, if you have the time to like fit in like a mm-hmm. couple of the earlier Hathaways and she read them all. <laughs> Before this podcast. Oh, my God. Like, literally in four days. What? I mean, it took you, like, a couple days to read all the days. And then I went straight to the Ravenals. I have one left in the Ravenals. And then I'm going to Bow Street. (gasps) Do you really? You didn't even tell me that you had one left. So you're reading Chase and Cassandra. Chase and Cassandra. Yeah. That's my Oh, my God. I... That's my favorite in the Ravenel series. Oh my gosh! And I know. loved, loved them so much. But I'm, I'm ready to go. Like I want to go to Bow Street next. I want to read all of them. Like mm-hmm. I'm just obsessed right now. Just nothing. Yeah. I mean, I've been reading a lot, like you said. But it's like 
there's something about Lisa Kleypas's writing that just hits all the marks for me. And it just makes yeah. me feel good all the way around in my romance, you know, needs. <laughs> yeah. And so these are great comfort reads yes. um, during this time as well. Yeah. I don't know. They always yes. feel fresh to me. I love her characters. Ugh, yeah. They're Amazing. so unique. And Amazing. talking about unique characters, this book definitely has one of the most unique characters, um, the heroine. Beatrix Hathaway, she has been in every single novel um, mm-hmm. throughout. She started off as a younger kid in the first one, so she's grown up. She's all grown up now. But so Beatrix Hathaway has always had an affinity for animals. She loves rehabilitating animals mm-hmm. who are hurt or who, you know, were abandoned by their mother. And one of her trusty companions, Dodger, heavily features in um, oh. cat, cat, um, Kat's book, and I really love Dodger the Ferret. I, I love him. And then I Medusa is also an iconic animal mm-hmm. that um, is always with Beatrice, and she Beatrix, and she is a hedgehog. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she definitely collects some very interesting <laughs> animals. I love them. I love that part of her character. Yeah. Um, and the Hathaways were a little wild because the Hathaways aren't aren't conventional. Um, yeah, they aren't conventional. Their parents read you know philosopher philosophy books to them and like they're very learned and they're very close and they also weren't weren't they were poor right before they inherited mm -hmm. the ramsey estate and title right they were born Um, middle class and he was just he was a professor i think and so mm -hmm. yeah so they spent their days you know discussing ideas at the dinner table and that kind of thing they're very unusual. They have two um, Romney in the book, Cam and Kev Maripin. Mm, yeah. I fucking oh love Kev. It's one of my favorites. That but book. anyway. Ugh. So they're they're seen as very unusual. Right. You know? Fair and enough. um mm-hmm. and so Beatrix Hathaway, she's she's the last one. She's the last one unmarried. And I really love this novel because this is a very unique um, type of novel for Lisa yes. Kleypas's Lee, at least from the books that I've read from her, this is the sole epistolary novel. Right. I enjoyed this. I think this is this is one of my if if someone had asked me what's like the ultimate example of an epistolary novel, this would be mm-hmm. it. I yeah, think it's I've, perfect. I agree. I've read a couple, and when I first started, I'm like, wait a second, have I read this before? And <laughs> then the more I started reading, I'm like, no, this wasn't the kind the one I read, you know, because I have read a couple that started like this like with the letters yes. and stuff but i love it so oh, my goodness yeah we can't talk about i want to get into the breakdown because we'll talk about we're about to we're about to like get into we're about to get into like all kind of stuff and we haven't even talked specifically about the characters I yet know, so let me do a brief, <laughs> brief brief rundown so beatrix of course of course um she's the animal lover and she rescues them and one of my favorite scenes in the previous novels was when she um set a trap for an exotic monkey at a hotel yes. this, this is the things that beatrix is known for okay yes. she's yeah. very unusual that was a great and then our hero captain christopher phelan and he's from a well-to-do family i mean they don't have a title or anything but Mm -hmm. his maternal grandfather was an earl Mm -hmm. he's currently a captain of a rifle brigade during the crimea war Mm -hmm. and um before he left for the war he was kind of sweet on one of beatrix's friends prudence and prudence started writing him but she doesn't want to write him anymore so guess who takes up the pen secretly and she's writing as prudence so this is the this is how the book starts and we're gonna get into the breakdown because the prologue is 
if if I've ever, it's one of the most eye catching and I have to find out what happened yes. next prologue yeah. I've ever read in my life. It's very it's important. Amazing. It's a very important prologue. So. Very important. So if you've not read this book, please go read this and then come back and come join us. All right, guys, we're in the spoiler section now, and I have to read word for word this prologue. Read it. It's very important, and it it sets the tone, and it also is like, I read this, and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, what is this? This is amazing. (laughs) Exactly. This is a letter. The prologue is just a letter, and it says to Captain Christopher Phelan, 1st Battalion Rifle Brigade, and um, it says, Dearest Christopher, I can't write to you again. I'm not who you think I am. I didn't mean to send you love letters, but that is what they became. On their way to you, my words turn into heartbeats on the page. Come back. Please come home and find me unsigned. (gasps) (gasps) What an amazing way to start a book. What an amazing way. Like, seriously. I was already hooked. Oh, my God. Yeah. Lisa Kleypas, oh, you're an amazing writer. Genius. I love Brilliant. you. Loved it. Okay. <laughs> there. That was it. That's all we need to talk about. That was it. <laughs> no. So, um, chapter one, it does begin eight months earlier. She's talking to her friend, Prudence. And Prudence is very, we learned really quickly, she's very nice, but she's very superficial. She well, also I don't know. Is she nice? No, she's not. Okay, let me, let's start over. <laughs> Let, I don't like her. No, actually, she's not nice. Uh, let me say she comes she's terribly across superficial nice. and vapid. Yeah, she comes, but she comes across as like, oh, you're my friend. But then, any time, any time, she thinks that um, Beatrix is going to look better than her, she put, cuts her down. It's like, oh well, yeah, she's she definitely. Never- She's your your friend in good times, but she's right. not your friend in bad times. Right. You ever heard? I think they're called good time friends. I yeah, think this is honestly friend. a thing. It, um, I I yeah. Actually, I doesn't that. Beatrix say something about that? She says like you know she has real problems. She wouldn't go to Prudence with it. She would right. go to Audrey. Audrey exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does. She compares the. So at least of she knows she recognizes she has that. Prudence's number. Right. right. <laughs> what I love about Beatrix yeah. is she is so not prejudice against anyone for anything like even though prudence is just this like really kind of a you know horrible friend and whatever she always gives her the benefit of the doubt and is always still kind and genuine she does you know what i mean she does like i I find that very unlikely friend pairing um and but you can tell they probably met in the season they went to balls together and they did the frivolous thing together you know of course they're from the same they're from the same um county they're both from um hampshire so you know other thing uh, in off season they they live close together so small town small town friend whatever right so it starts where she she's reading a letter that she received from christopher and she lets uh beatrix read it and then of course she's like well you have to respond to this like it's a it's a letter where it's like you can see his yearning for guys i have to i'm I'm gonna i'm not gonna read every single letter but i really have to read (laughs) this letter because i really have to read it the first one from christopher really does set the tone yeah and what's so terrible about it is Beatrix becomes interested in the letter because um oh he included he's talking about a dog oh, and of yes. course and that Beatrix is like infant. what dog what How dog you know Lepus, you know yes. that is what lord yes. do that it's like I need to help this guy 
<laughs> yes. And Prudence is basically saying like, um, mm, uh, it's so boring. Like there's nothing yeah. interesting going on. Interesting and, you know, I don't think I'm going to reply. And she's like, and she's like, here, if you want to read it, read it. And she's like, are you sure? You know, it's yeah. not private or anything. And Prudence literally says, you're going to fall asleep before you even get to the part about the dog. Like, it's such a, a snore fest. And it's this is what she's calling a fucking letter. snore fest. <laughs> it know. is heartbreaking <gasps> oh and my beautiful. God. Just listen. Okay. So Christopher says, dear Prudence, I'm sitting in this dusty tent trying to think of something eloquent to write. I'm at wit's end. You deserve beautiful words, but all I have left are these. I think of you constantly. I think of this letter in your hand and the scent of perfume on your wrist. I want silence and clear air and a bed with a soft white pillow. Two days ago in our march down the coast, we fought the Russians at the Alma River. I'm told it was a victory on our side. It doesn't feel like one. So this is like very deep into mm. like his psyche. What's going on? Yeah. He doesn't enjoy war and right. he's trying to open up to Prudence about it. Mm-hmm. And um, he's talking about how one of the fallen soldiers brought a rough terrier named Albert. And um, he's actually very like afraid and he like bites Christopher because Christopher kind of is trying of like you know take care of him now and like he offered him a biscuit one time and now albert follows him everywhere even though he still like snaps at christopher right and you can tell he's having a hard time and he says the smell of death peru it's everywhere yeah and um he says i want to grieve but there's just no place for it there's no time i have to put feelings away somewhere is there still some peaceful place in the world please write to me tell me about some bit of needlework you're working on or your favorite song is it raining in stony cross have the leaves begun to change color yours christopher feeling oh and my beatrix is like oh my god and that's I immediately didn't like Prudence because she was talking about how boring it is. Of course, you know, this young girl who's beautiful, she has suitors coming, you know, left and right trying to court her. And she just like, poo, this is like so boring. It's a bore. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this dude is asking for some solace for you to distract him. And this is how you're this is how you're responding. This is your first reaction is that it's not interesting. And Beatrix recognizes like a cry for help. Yeah. And what's very interesting is that she has a bit of a history with Captain Christopher Christopher Phelan before he went to war. Um She, this is a very Pride and Prejudice moment, like the moment whenever Lizzie overhears Darcy saying, you know, she's not handsome, handsome enough to tempt me. She overhears Christopher saying how peculiar Beatrix is and that she kind of w- is more suited to like the stables. Yeah. And so that hurt Beatrix, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. She knows she's peculiar, but like she's like, damn, you're mean. Like I you know. know. Yeah. So she, she yeah. still feels sympathy for him. Which, yeah. And she's know, also thinking points. I can help him with advice with the dog and help him with the dog. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. so she asked Prudence, can I write to him for you? You know, she's like, oh, well, sure. Because, yeah, I totally want to keep him hanging on the line for me just in case. Like she always wants to keep Christopher oh, there just that, in case. Yeah. You know, she wants And she to says that out loud. Prudence yeah. says, you know, I, I'd like to keep him on the line. You know, just in case something else doesn't pan out, like right. no other suitor right. to my liking. And, you know, he 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 might eventually get medals, so I might want that. And I'm like, right. 
So she's like, like sure, I can be your go-between. I can bring the letters. Audrey, his sister-in-law, is the one who's been, like, forwarding the letters to him, you know, with the family Mm -hmm. letters or whatever. Like, the way that Beatrix is writing just from her heart, like she says, for one of them, she's like, I wish I could offer better comfort than to say that no matter how you've changed, you'll be welcomed when you return home. Do what you must if it helps you to endure. Put the feelings away now and lock the door. Perhaps someday we'll air them out together. Sincerely, Prudence. But this is Beatrix, and I'm just like... These love letters are off the wall. Please go read this book if you have not already because they're amazing. And they correspond quite a bit for like eight months. He even includes a picture of Albert in one of them, a little drawing. (laughs) And she tells him about um, the neighbor's donkey Donkey. getting loose and impregnating the other neighbor's horse. And now there's a mule on the way, you know. And so Christopher t- tells about how he used to have a mule, a mule named Hector. And so mm-hmm. they're just bonding. They're bonding through they're bonding. the letters. You can tell. Um, and he feels comfortable confiding, you and know, the horror also, stories of war to her. Yeah. And I love that she also sends a lot of things where she describes what um, the woods look like and describes what the weather's like. So it's bringing a mm-hmm. home and giving it to him that he can envision in his head at Stony Cross and what the woods are, you know, the leaves and just everything. It's just, it's so lovely. Like it's, they are true love letters, true love letters. They you know? really are. While Christopher's in uh, Russia during the war, his brother is actually gravely ill and yeah. Beatrix is friends with Audrey and Audrey is struggling. They find out that um, his brother has consumption, so tuberculosis, mm-hmm. and it's going to be fatal. Right. So Audrey's struggling and Beatrix is going over, you know, to pass over the letters. And it's so funny, though, too, because there's hints that Audrey definitely knows. Yeah. She's not letting on to Beatrix that she knows, but she's just like, oh, I have another letter from Prudence. And Audrey's like, from Prudence. Like, yeah. Yeah. Girl, I know you writing the letters. Yeah. Like, she she never, no, like, yeah, no, 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 no. So much later, but it's pretty hilarious. I loved it. Right. Exactly. So um, that, he ends up by dying um, while Christopher is, you know, overseas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and he he wasn't able to, you know, see his brother before he passed away. But also that means that Christopher is going to be kind of the head of house. And he is right. going to inherit some property instead of his brother. And um, so that's going to weigh heavy on him. We yeah. know that. That's something he was but prepared the for. last letter, the last letter that she receives from Christopher he basically tells her that he loves her. Yes. <laughs> and he says, I'm going to read this part, but he, he says, still, I love you. I swear by the starlight, I will not leave this earth until you hear those words from me. <gasps> and that's whenever Beatrix was like, oh, my God, he loves me and done? I'm in love with him. But he doesn't even know I've been writing as Prudence. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even know it's me. Like, he hates me in real life. Like, yeah. if he knew it was me writing it, he'd be appalled. Like, he wouldn't yeah. want a girl like me. And that's the other and thing. And so she decides she can't write him. Right. And that's the other thing they mentioned earlier on is that Christopher's family is very conventional, very proper. Like, they like things done, you know, a certain way. And, the, you know what I mean? Like, and so mm-hmm. she always knew that, you know, Christopher, of course, would need a wife like Prudence, who's the perfect epitome of, like, you know, English aristocracy and everything. Well, that's what he wants. He wants, uh, he wants, wants, you know, the, what every other man wants, um, this proper wife. Right. Um, Right. Beatrix is never going to be a proper wife. She's never going to be conventional. She's always going to be the girl who has animals and wears, um, 
and wears pants yeah. instead of skirts whenever she's around the house and stuff. But so, also who writes yeah. the letters that she did, you know, these wonderful, yeah. like detailed, you know, beautiful, heartfelt letters. You know what I'm saying? Like, Prudence you know, another thing that really them. annoyed me was whenever she told Prudence that she couldn't write the letters for her anymore, Prudence literally threw a fit. She was yes. like, but he's a decorated war hero now, and I can't write to him because he'll recognize that it's not my handwriting. Like, you spoiled everything. Yeah. You're so selfish, Beatrix. And I'm just like, oh, my God, fuck you, you absolute I know. Bitch. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> she's furious with Beatrix because now she's ruined her chances because he's because she's like, yeah, I, I really want him now that he's a war hero and he's inherited yes. um, all the property of the family. He's going to be mm-hmm. wealthy. Like, now he's worth something. Yeah. Because before he was a second son. Yep. yep, And I love how she kind of, when Beatrix says, it's just not good for me to do this anymore. You know, basically she doesn't say what happened, but we get hints that Prudence might've figured it out. And she's like, well, don't think that he would ever want somebody like you, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. Pretty much like ex Prudence off our list. Not that we hadn't already, but. And whenever um, Beatrix writes two letters, one that's that's pretty, you know, bland and just like I can't write you anymore. And the other one was the letter that we read in the prologue. Yeah, the, and the letter from she her goes, heart. <laughs> yes, she goes to Audrey. This is before um, John dies. And um, that's whenever Audrey basically says, like, we're going to stop pretending that Prudence is writing these, right? Like, yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, we and know it's like, you. can't know. And anyway, she sends the wrong letter, which is the best thing Perfect that ever happened fate. in romance, Thank romance you. books. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so he gets someone that she doesn't want him to see the one that says basically I'm not who I think who you think I am and, and come back to me, me and come find me. Oh my god, yes. this is so good. Oh, it's so, so fucking good. good. It's so good. <laughs> and more months pass and Beatrix has been keeping up with Christopher's, you know, heroics through the papers. The papers so right. 10 months later, um, her nephew, Rye, is talking about this dog, this wild dog that they saw in the forest and stuff. And I immediately was like, oh, my God, he's back. Oh, yeah. he's home. Me too. I was like, I know that's Albert. That is Albert out <laughs> in the woods of Stony Cross. <laughs> yes. And so she runs into Albert in the in the woods. Mm-hmm. Great. And. Christopher meets her in the woods and, and basically and you know yeah, and he's the same kind of Christopher that she's always known mm-hmm. and he calls her peculiar and yeah pretty much he's he's not very nice to Beatrix yeah um, and this she's struggling so bad because this is the man that she loves and he doesn't yeah. even know it yeah and so her heart's pounding and then he has to say stupid stuff you know Mm-hmm. So like, what a letdown! Like you finally I see, know, you know, the I love know. of your life, that, and that was a this hard. is your first yeah. meeting with him. It was such <laughs> oh a hard meeting. And I love how she's even talking to Albert, and she even talks to him. It's like, well, he let you loose, didn't he? Or you know, like, she's like, she knows, like, she's talking to him as she knows who his owner is and everything. And then he walks up, you know, and it's just like, oh my god. And he right. has no idea this is the woman who wrote those letters to him. And he's so like, he's also, I feel obviously a little, he's broken from war. He has some PTSD. He, is. he has PTSD. Um, you know, which of course they did. They didn't know what that was at the, right. at the time, but um, it's very obvious that he's struggling to adjust to everyday life. Right. We'll see more instances later on um that he's not very good in crowded spaces and you know sudden loud noises like one of the maids later on drops like um cutlery Mm -hmm. and he jumps and he like tries to like protect beatrix later and (laughs) And dies over her (laughs) yeah yeah but 
Christopher basically takes offense to Beatrix saying like, hey, this is how you have to train Albert because he's still kind of, Albert also has like PTSD and yeah. he needs to be trained. And she's like, you need to do this and you do that. And he's like, I'm going to take care of my dog my way, like butt out of it. Like he's stressed. And she's like, yeah, I could help him be unstressed. Like I could work with him. He's like, no, no. mind your business. No, you strange, you. strange girl. Mm-hmm. Like goodbye. I love how Audrey fusses at him, though, yeah. <laughs> whenever he says, I ran into Beatrix, and she knows. And she's, she's like, like, I, I hope you weren't mean to him or her. And, he, <laughs> and he's like, I kind of was. And she and Audrey's furious. She's like, I can't believe. She's like, she's the nicest person. Like, how could you? You know, yeah. I love that she Audrey that. defends her and everything. But, of course, Audrey knows the whole story. <laughs> and I love how she also says, and she's like, um, if you knew what I knew. The fact that she says something to the fact that like Beatrix is, you know, the best woman I know and basically like compares her to Prudence and being like, you know, I take Beatrix like a thousand times over than Prudence. Like Prudence is nothing. And yeah. Christopher just thinks it's like, oh, you've always not liked her or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, whatever. And but no, like she wants to tell him so bad, yeah. but she can't. Her place. I love how she even said she said so. If um, Beatrix had Prudence's personality, meaning the letters, you know, you would want yeah. her, and it wouldn't matter what she looked like because she's like wandering around in trousers and stuff, and of course that turns him on. But he's also like so unconventional. A lady oh, yeah. wandering so around in day, trousers. <laughs> you're right. So the yeah. next day, he does kind of feel bad after Audrey like makes him feel bad, and so yeah. he's going to apologize. Yeah. And the first thing he walks into is typical Hathaway house. There is a baby goat loose baby in goat. the house. Baby goat loose, and people are all ch- chasing the, the chasing the goat. Um, Amelia's upstairs yelling about, "Oh my god, the baby's awake now!" And the maid just like, "No, there's no goat in here." Like I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then Beatrix comes running out in pants. Okay, and she's just like, "Oh my god, why didn't you catch him? You were in the front door, Christopher." Like, hello, help. I know. And she's just like, "Not." And he's just like, "Holy shit, what kind of fucking house is this?" Yeah, like. like they're weird but this is absolutely insane right and um so i really do like it though as well because she even though he was mean and um just not the type of meeting that you want with the love of your life she does say like hey you should totally stay for dinner dinner. since you're here Mm -hmm. yeah and he's like i don't i don't want to like talk to anybody and she's just like that's perfect and so she walks in she's just like he doesn't want to talk. He does not want to talk. And they're like, that's perfect. You don't have to talk. Just sit there. We talk enough. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Just like, we, we need somebody to listen there. to us anyway. <laughs> they're yeah. hilarious. And um, so he gets to experience this type of family life that he really didn't yeah. have because he doesn't have a good relationship with his mother. Yeah. yeah. His brother was actually the favorite. And now that his brother is gone, the mother is devastated but also yeah. very you know mean to christopher mean. it's very clear in christopher's mind that she wishes that he would have died and she his even brother says it at died. one time she says oh. it. go and visit the grave it's like you wish it i'm sorry it wasn't mean she said i am too like you know yeah. like it's it's bad and what i loved about this um situation here is like the first thing he notices is, is this is crazy like everybody's talking the women are engaging in polit- political speak philo- philosophical you know discussions these are things yeah that they talk about do. politics but yes but then he just notices he's like the love he's like that's what i'm recognizing is there's like love between all these people this is a genuine 
family and it's like it leaves him with warmth like when he finally does mm-hmm. I just love that it's like he has like a moment of peace even yeah. though the Hathaway house isn't isn't calm in any sense of the word <laughs> he does feel a little bit better after yeah. you know visiting with the Hathaways and um, being around such a loving yeah. family you know and they're fun and but, funny and you know it's just everything is different from when he goes to the cold dark home place of home you know where his mother yeah. hates him. <laughs> Christopher plans on going to London. Prudence is in London for the season, and yeah. he plans to go there as well. And Beatrix, you know, devastated, but, you know, this is the inevitable. Yeah. Well, he his has, plan is to go and, like, tell her he loves her, or, and the letters, yeah. and all that. He can't like, wait. He cannot wait. Yeah. To see Prudence, which, you know, you think it would be a little hint, like, she's not even coming to the country to see yeah. you now that you're home. Like, ugh, she doesn't care. But right. um, Beatrix does ask, like, hey, can I keep Albert for you um, while you while you go? Like, so that your your staff doesn't have to worry about him because he is – he does, like, snap at people. Right. And he's not, he's not adjusting well. And he basically just says no, like he'll be fine. (laughs) No, and she's like she's very annoyed. But I love how she actually goes get Albert anyway. I love it. I love. Yeah, she goes to the cook and she's just like, but like if Albert escaped and you know nobody would have to know. And the cook is like, oh yes, yes, (laughs) please take the dog. She's like, if I were to put Albert up, it would be in the green shed in the back. You know. If I were to lock him there, you know, and tells him exactly how you would have to walk on this little walkway here to get to that shed to get him. You know, it's it's hilarious. Perfect. Perfect. You know, she's come. It is. So Christopher's in London. Mm. How how do do you think his first meeting with Prudence goes? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So interesting. I loved he realizes quickly that it's like she's not responding. She's not the same person from the letters. Like, is she hiding herself? Like, what and she doesn't. Mind? She doesn't get the references to the letters. None of them. You know, like, talks about the stars. Where they discuss the stars, and she doesn't get it at all. Like, she looks yeah. lost. You know, one of the telling. One of the telling. Um, comments that prudence makes is like oh la those are just words words don't mean anything and one of the letters that beatrix had had written said you know i words talking about the power the power of words and so christopher's like something is not so after a couple like visits i love the final visit that he goes and he realizes this is not she did not write these letters and he's thinking in his head, did she do it as a joke? Did she get somebody to write them? Did she get somebody to help her? Is this some sort of cruel joke? Cause he, he's like, well, that's what he thinks. He was like, Oh yeah. my God. They, this is like, this um, is a trick that was played. Like, were they laughing? Yes. Laughing. Yeah. And so I love how he's a little cruel and I don't blame him at all. Cause he's like, well, I'm returning to Hampshire. She's like, well, you can't return until you talk to my father. Right. Meaning asking, you know, for permission to like, officially formally court her and propose whatever mm-hmm. and he was like well yeah he's like I'll, I'll i'll talk to him but he but he doesn't you know of course but um oh gosh jessen i forgot what does he get out of her right before when he goes and grabs her to like pretend to kiss her or something what was it that he got her to it was no it was something about aristotle actually that was like the final nail in the coffin he basically talks about like um he and beatrix has had a conversation about the fifth element, um, according to Aristotle, and he's kind of testing her at this point. This is kind of the nail in yeah. the coffin, and um, 
that's whenever he that, that's whenever he realizes like oh you think that words aren't important mm-hmm. and that she knew the contents of his letter but had no idea what, what her letter said <laughs> yeah she had written so, yeah and so he confronts audrey and like hey you're the one that d- that sent these letters. Did you know? And Audrey's basically like, "Oh, so you finally realized that Prudence was the one fucking writing these letters." <laughs> and like, I'm not, I'm not gonna let you know because I see how angry you are. I'm not gonna tell you who who wrote them, mm-hmm. but they weren't malicious. I like, I'm gonna tell you that. Like, they're not malicious. But he's so angry that he can't really, you know, yeah. he can't really see past it. But he also tells Audrey. Um, that he does plan to still court Prudence because that's like, that's like the way he can get back at the real um, author of the letters is to still go ahead with Prudence because yeah. he's so mad he feels betrayed no, and no he loves tell him right. What I him about her identity and now it clicks to him that I'm not who you think I am and stuff and so now he's just like he wants to find out who but he these starts letters are by. out he when he goes back to the um he goes to uh pick up Albert who has been basically very he goes well home and Albert's not there yeah he goes home and, and he like knows there. immediately where Albert is at, at the, the Hathaways. Hathaways and so he goes there ready to raise absolute holy hell at the house okay. Like, he literally is steaming mad that he knows Beatrix took the dog. Like, yeah. the, his staff like, tried to make a half-hearted thing. Like, oh, he ran away. But he's like, that little, you know, crazy girl took my dog. Like, this is the last straw. I'm already annoyed. And so he, like, hops over there. And I just absolutely loved it because he gets invited to stay at dinner. Yes. Um, again. But this actually is- confronted with Beatrix and like actual she's like wearing like a nice dress a and stuff dress. like this is like something that he's never he's never seen her in this this attire um yeah she's dressed before. like a lady and and then and then things start to click into place because somebody mentions her mule Hector uh one of the children <laughs> and she's like trying to change the subject and she's she's like literally sweating sweating he didn't hear it he didn't hear it like she feels him look at her because he wants but yes. he doesn't ask any more questions and then after dinner's over she's, she's like sure she, she's sure she escaped it she's sure she escaped she goes um beatrix would you show me your mule hector please i would love to meet him and like she's like oh no <laughs> no yes and so I love how at first she starts trying to make an explanation. She's like, yeah. yes, this is the – and the reason why I named him Hector. And he's basically like, <laughs> cut the bullshit. <laughs> cut the bullshit. Like, do you know who wrote the letters? Did you write the letters? Like, what's yeah. going on? And yeah. she refuses to tell she him, honestly. She, like, it's her. silent. I love how his go-to method of, like – um information extraction is to turn on the charm and like seduce yes. her because you all up in her personal space and like is basically yeah. like i'm gonna ravage you unless you tell me <laughs> and she holds strong and i love how it, the kiss turns on him because he starts yes. it very in control and very like you know i'm the experienced male you're not the experienced female so of course you're gonna cave under this pressure and they're right. kissing of course she's like weak in the knees because she wants to kiss him because she's in love with him right and against his intentions he starts turning passionate he the kitchen changes from his perspective and he is caught off guard and it's beautiful i fucking love it it's amazing she still won't confirm or deny though which i applaud her for standing her ground yeah yeah (laughs) um but it's beautiful it's a beautiful moment but he's annoyed and and then they're interrupted and he leaves and without finding out 
for sure yeah. if she's involved or he knows she's involved, but he doesn't know exactly what's going on, you know. Um, yeah. and-, and but the funny thing is, is now he sees, you know, Beatrice in a different light. And so then whenever there's a local ball at um, Marcus's house, which um, you'll know him from the Wallflowers, he's mm-hmm. watching Beatrix dance with, like Mr. Chickering or Chickering. whatever his name is. And oh, he doesn't like that. A little bit. Jealous, but also Beatrix is the only one to realize that he's very uncomfortable um, by these loud noises and actually makes an excuse to get him to go to a quiet place. And he falls in line with it. He's like, thank you for rescuing me, basically. Yeah. And this is telling because Beatrix recognizes these, you know, he, she knows him. Right. Through these letters, she right. knows him intimately. Yeah. And she's the only one that sees how see difficult this is. She can see the signs of stress. Her. Right. And so yeah. even though she was upset with him because the last time he treated her rudely or whatever, she's there to mm-hmm. save him. And then he's, you know, thankful again. So after the ball, you know, she hasn't seen him for a couple of days. And, um, and they had had sort of like an intimate, nice discussion at the ball. And so she's thinking, maybe things have gotten better and she's hoping maybe they'll be like uh more friendly he'll be more friendly to her but then he she hasn't heard from him at all but then albert shows up at the hathaway's place and she's like oh lord he's escaped so she takes albert back to his home and when she goes to talk to one of the servants they're like oh ma'am he's um he's been locked in his room and um, I don't know if she confesses that he's been drinking, but she hints toward that he's like imbibing. Um, so he's basically gone into a depression and he's like drinking yeah. and holed up in his bedroom and he won't come out. And so she's like, no, we're not going to have this. So she, you know, even though it's not proper, she goes up there anyway. <laughs> she goes up there to his bedroom and is like, so I'm like, you can't do this. You know, what are you doing? And, um, and just sort of confronts him over it. And he's so like, just like, surly and stuff and she um gets a little too close to him and he grabs her and pins her down on the bed and is like i could ravish you right now and and she's like and she like flips over to she's annoying because she's annoyed because she's just like i'm trying trying to to i'm trying to help you to talk about your feelings and you want to be you know you want to be like this way like fine 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 fine. if you want to be ravish me so she rolls over like doggy style basically is what she's thinking she's like go ahead and he's and he starts laughing it's like what are you doing she's like why are you laughing at me and she that's the way the farm animals animals do it it. like because she watches a lot of animals you know engage and she and he is just dying laughing he's like that's not the only way you know (laughs) it's just yeah hey i do enjoy this position but like and he does flip her over and says like this is the more more enjoyable things and um yeah so it it breaks the moment because he laughs you know he's not He's not surly and depressed and And they start talking a little bit again. He talks about like what's affecting him Mm -hmm. and he tells her about one of his friends who was wounded, but also this superior officer was wounded as well. Captain Fenwick. Yes, Fenwick. And he hates Captain Fenwick, but he really needed to save Captain Fenwick first because he had some information that was crucial to like the war and like right. it might be able to save lives. And so he told his friend Mark, he was like, I'm going to leave Albert with you to sit by you and yeah. I'm coming back for you, but I have to do Fenwick first. And right. it kills him because this is his friend. He wants to rescue his friend first, but he can't. Yeah. He has to do, and so it's de- has to do it, good things. It's, yeah. it's been devastating him the whole time because his friend was taken 
by like when he came back to find his friend because he'd left Albert with him to keep him company. Albert was mm-hmm. wounded, um, had been stabbed, yes. and yes. Uh, his oh. friend Mark was gone. And gone. so it's gone. like you know he's the prisoner of war. He wasn't returned. Right. He wasn't returned in the prisoner exchange, so he's presumed dead. Which right. spoiler alert, not right. We'll get to that in a minute, but. Anyway, yeah. this is great because he's opening up to Beatrix, something that he doesn't talk to anybody about. But then, then, but then she's telling him he needs to give himself time to get over, you know, the emotional upheaval that this has caused in his life and that, you know, it was not his fault. He did what he was supposed to do. And he's just like, I just don't think I'll ever get over this. She's like, how, and he's like, how long does this take? You know, and so she's just basically saying, you know, you need to remember that love forgives all things and surely he loved you. And she, he's stops her. And he's like, what did you just say? She realizes that she wrote that in a letter. Love yes. forgives all things. And mm-hmm. she is fucking frozen. He looks at her. Yes. She can't do anything. She basically runs. She bolts. Yes. And he's like screaming and calling out her like name. Naked, though, so he has to like yes. get dressed. Like, you know, so he can't chase after her yes. right away. So she takes off and she runs to, in the letters, she also told him about a tower on Westcliff's land that she goes mm-hmm. and writes a letters to him place. and thinks of that as their secret, secret love place. Okay? That's where she goes to hide knowing there's no way he could find her there. So she's there. All of a sudden she hears, cluck clop, cluck clop, cluck clop. The horse comes. And Albert's barking. And Albert barking. <laughs> and she's like, you traitor. You told him where I was. And Albert led him there to, okay. <laughs> it's so great. When so great. He, this is one of my favorite moments of the book. It's not my top, top favorite, but it yes. is so super close. You want to tell so what like, happens when I he comes very, up? Yes. I think it's very important though too because he definitely has some chemistry with Prud- uh, with oh, um, yes. the Beatrix that he's recognized already. Yeah. You know, and yes. you know he's not blind to yeah. what a connection he has with Beatrix as opposed to Prudence at yeah. this point. Yeah. Whenever he approaches her in the little cottage, he's like, "Tell me why you did it." Like, and he's not mad. He's like, he's inquiring. He's mm-hmm. you know. He's almost like she's very skittish and he's approaching cautiously. Like, yes. tell me why you did it. Was it a game? Like, yeah. are you helping Prudence? Like, what was your purpose? I need to know the reason. Like, mm-hmm. he wants to know the reason why. And um, basically, she's just like, I needed to write you because she didn't plan on writing you back. I read your letter and I couldn't not respond. And um, he was like, was any of it real? And she says all of it except for signing Prue's name. The rest of it was real. Mm-hmm. And, you know. And then he also asked, why did you stop? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> she says, because it hurt too much and the words meant too much. Oh and my God. she basically says, I fell in love with you and that she didn't want to pretend to be someone else, that she loved him too much. And he interrupts her with a kiss because this is this is what he's been waiting for. He's yes, found the love. He's found, found her. her. Found her. And this is not going the way that she thought. She thought that he would be much, you know, angrier. Right. And basically he was like, so you loved me past tense? And she was like, no, like, I love you now. Yeah. And he tells her, I love you, Beatrix. And oh, my oh God. Oh, my it's God. Perfect moment. And oh, my God. He just is like. He, oh, I fucking love it. Christopher is super romantic whenever (gasps) he wants to be, and she's ready to, like, give herself over to him. Oh, yeah. Just, like, you know, patience. Like, I can't make love to you. It's not right and stuff like that. And um, 
ba- one of my favorite lines that Christopher tells her, I did write this down. It says, he says, it nearly drove me mad looking for the things that I loved in her and not finding them and then beginning to see them in you. <gasps> oh, oh, it's so amazing. I yeah. And, and, and we do. Okay. We, we get that all along that he starts to see things that she says and does. And he's so attracted to it. And he's like, reminds yes. him of the letters. But it's like, it's almost like he's put up a blinder. Like, no, it couldn't possibly be her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Until it all. But I love how place. she's like unsure because she's like, no, but prudence is what she wanted, you know? Right. And um, she's basically trying to convince herself like, this is too good to be true. Like, he right. loves me, like whatever. And I love how she does tell him like, but you you thought I was like weird or like peculiar yeah. or something. She said, and he is like, darling, love, you are. Like, you are peculiar. And I love that. I love yes, that. Like, Christopher. Yeah, you are 100% weird, but I still love you for it. Oh. And basically, she's like, oh, okay. So, like, when are we going to get married? Yeah. And he was like, I can't marry you. So, this is another yeah. conflict. Is He's like, I can't lay down next to you at night. Like, I have nightmares and i thrash around yeah, i could hurt you i don't know I, yeah i don't know who's around me and i might you know hurt you and i can't do that but she just like hey we can work on that like it's fine like yeah. i get i get where you're coming from i'm not ignorant to what you're struggling with but i still want to work and i really love that too because whenever he meets the family again and they realize that they're in love and they tell the story yeah christopher's actually against the match <laughs> And the family's just like, so, like, you're against it? Like, you're trying to get her not to marry you, but she's adamant? Like, like, and he's That's like, yeah. Crazy, like, like, she works much. so much better. And Leo, who's married to Kat, and he's, you know, Lord Ramsey now, mm. and he has his own past. And basically, he was like, whenever Christopher was like, yeah, she deserves much better, like, I was like, well, yeah. much better than me. And he was like, yeah, he's like, that's what I told my wife before I married her, you know, and that's why I married her because um, before someone else better than me could snap her <laughs> exactly. up. I love it. He's like, so, so she couldn't get away to find someone yeah. better. With me. <laughs> like, hurry up quick, get her. So, of course, the rest of the novel is um, Christopher coming to terms, trusting himself and trusting that they're going to work through that. But there's also another little side conflict that he's going to receive this award for basically saving Fenwick, the yeah, guy that Captain Fenwick, right. Captain Fenwick. And he actually receives a visit from Captain Fenwick. Um, he's jealous of end. Christopher. Yeah. He's yeah. jealous of him. He's because he's always he wanted fame and absolutely. legacy. Yeah. And he's like, and he's like, and you got it for when it should have been my award. I should have been the one to get it and everything. But it, what he also reveals to him, and he's like at the local inn. And he tells him, he's like, yeah, well, um, you know, you thought your friend was dead, but he's not. He went insane and he's back, you know, and you better be on the lookout because he's he wants to kill you for yeah. what you did. Like he was tortured. You left him. Yeah. Like you saved me. You left him. And he's he's been, you know, a prisoner of war longer than anyone else, you know. And Christopher is floored by this. Okay. He's like, oh my God. And like he's struggling with it. He talks yeah. to Beatrix. About it, and of course she has to, she has to talk him down 
basically been like there's nothing you 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 did the only thing that you could have done like there's no other right. way that you could have this guilt i know that you feel it but you can't let it overtake you so after they do get married because christopher obviously caves mm-hmm. and i really do love the scene where they have like um a get together at the hathaway's house and his his grandfather who's an earl comes over and he's like very like oh, shrewd God. Like, i love like, him like a, you know just like an old old ornery yeah, person who yeah. means everyone and Beatrix completely captivates him. Oh my gosh. And he's like, oh, yeah. aren't you? You look like an eagle. Like you see everything. You're so regal, whatever. And he's like preening. He's like, yes. Yes, yes I am I an am. eagle. I'm very watchful. Well, it's funny because this so is one of her peculiarities. She always tells everybody what animal they would be, you know? Yeah. So, so if he comes out the first thing, she says, oh, you're an eagle. I can see it. Proud upon yeah. your perch. You know? And just like, and he's just yes. like, yes, I am. And like, <laughs> and like why don't I get you a blanket? And oh, you know what's great too? Besides a blanket, here's this cat. Like, there's nothing warm with the cat. And he just like Christopher's waiting for him to be like, get this animal know, off me. But that- he like starts petting the cat, just like, yes, thank you, my and it dear. Was the like this thing ever. And she and she tells him about the cat who has three legs and was like, Yes, yes. Well, I named him. She's like, I mean named him Lucky. And he's like, Why did you name him Lucky? He's like, Well, I hoped it might elevate him in some way. And, she, and he goes, Well, did it? He said, Well, now he's sitting on the lap of an earl. So I think so. And like Yes. So adorable. I love how his grandfather talks to Christopher and was basically like, She's a gem. Yeah. Don't let her go. Like she come like a woman like her comes around once in a lifetime mm-hmm. and you don't want to let her. And basically Christopher was like, Oh, that was grandmother. And he was like, No. He was like there was a woman that I let go that I shouldn't have let yes, go. Basically. Yes, yes, so, yeah. I love that. I love that moment. I know. I did too. And, uh, he says, "If I was ten years younger, I'd snatch her up myself." <laughs> and he was like ten, ten years younger, younger than that girl. Come on, crazy. So cute. So they do get married. They do struggle with like sleeping in the same right. marriage bed. Of course, they eventually overcome that. But we do have this like conflict with Mark. Returning. Right. So Mark is there for basically revenge because he doesn't understand. He's just like, you were my friend. You left me. Like, yeah. I suffered untold, you know, pain and torture what I loved, at yeah. the enemy. What I loved about this situation. So, yeah. So, he he shoots Christopher, but it grazes him, knocks him off the horse. And then, of course, it's right mm-hmm. when – I love the description of this. He sees Beatrix across, like, the the – the meadow the or whatever, the lawn. Yeah. She's coming out of the edge of the woods with Albert and she's laughing because the wind is like picking up her um her shawl and everything. Everything's blowing everywhere and Albert's yipping and, and barking. And he's just thinking how beautiful like so idyllic. it is. Yeah. He's thinking how beautiful she is. I'm like, something bad is about to happen. Like I knew it. I'm like, something really bad is about to happen. Yeah. I thought it was gonna happen to her, but it ends up he is shot at. He's knocked from his horse. Beatrix runs over. But what I love about this whole scene is that he's really kind of Marcus is mad, like in, a little bit insane mad. Cause he's like, you know, you left me there. You you don't know the torture that I endured because what you, your choices and all this stuff. And he said, I didn't leave you. I left Albert with you and I came back and you were gone. And he looks and he sees Albert, you know, Albert was injured, like waiting trying to save you, you know? And, and, and it was like this bond of the dog. I loved how Lisa Claypus used Albert all the way through the book. It like ties yeah. Christopher to Beatrix. It lures her into the letters and then it ties them together in the relationship. And then in the end, it ties Marcus and Christopher together again. Do you know yeah, it, it lets it let it lets Mark like come yeah. back to the light, like know that he wasn't alone, he wasn't abandoned, yeah. that his friend was planning on coming back, like he wasn't forgotten yeah. and he wasn't unimportant compared to Fenwick. Yeah. You know, and it, 
I really like how, you know, they're like, Mark, you need to stay with us. And yes, so they yes. basically were helping him recuperate. And I also love how Audrey helps too. Audrey. Yeah. And Audrey have a little bit of a romance <laughs> in the background that's really never resolved. I but know. I was always I kind of wishing I, we would get that story. <laughs> I know. So in the epilogue, Christopher's receiving his medal. And Albert also gets a medal, which I absolutely fucking Over love. By the so, you queen. know, Queen Victoria <laughs> loves dogs. Yes. And so she had a special collar medal made for Albert. Yeah. And, um, and she likes Albert's the name like, Albert, you know, of course. Yes, of course. You know, her love. <laughs> yeah. And so I really love that. And Beatrice is Beatrix is talking to Mark. Um, or no, is Christopher talking to Mark? So Christopher's talking to Mark, basically. <laughs> and being like, you know. You and Audrey, like y'all, y'all were tense before, but now, now y'all aren't. Like, what's what's going on? Y'all seem to be like friendlier. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Well, you know, I told her that I was impotent and made her more comfortable. And basically, I'm just biding my time. Like before she knows what I hits love, her, I love that he I lied to her to make it. her to feel less threatened by his his <laughs> potency. You know? Yes, yes. That's yes. why I want so, the story. I'm waiting for Lisa Claypool. I do. It. I want like I don't know. Is there a short story, guys? Are we missing out on the Audrey and Mark Bennett love story? Like, is there a short? I need to know. I need to just. It. it yeah. I don't even need a full novel. I just need to know. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. I'll take a short. So, I really do love it. It was amazing. Um, I love the pairing between Christopher and Beatrix. It was Beatrix, and, and it wasn't what it's I like expected. A wild animal, you know, taming taming Christopher whenever yeah. he came back, like having him adapt to his new way of life. Just like you know, she talks about how lucky the three legged cat had to adapt to walking with three right. legs instead of four. And whenever he jumped, he would stumble, but all of a sudden, but he, he learned. learned how yes. to how to walk without it. And so he she. Did basically the same thing with Christopher. Like you're fine. You're still whole. You can still do all the things you want to do, just a little bit differently. Right. And I really loved it. It was, it was beautiful. Amazing. The letters are phenomenal. It, it's beautiful. Phenomenal. It's beautiful. Oh, like showdown, girl. We're not even getting past. We're not showdown. Okay, I get to go oh. first. I'm so ready. Yes, you do. I'm so ready. Ready. Go for okay, it. Okay, you guys. So after they're married, okay, and they're married at the chapel on the Hathaway's lawn or whatever. She thinks they're going to go and stay the night at his place before they go on their honeymoon. But no, he takes her to the tower, which he has like had it all dressed up and it's like beautiful and there's champagne and there's like bedding and it's all beautiful. But that's not the best part. The best part is as they're like just just got up inside the tower, they hear voices singing and they open up the um, window and there is his rifle brigade singing the song. Uh, what is it? Far their oh, favorite song. The fa- their yeah. favorite song. She said it was her over favorite the hill song and far away. Yes, her favorite song. She wrote in the letter over the hill and far away, and they're singing it to her. And it is so beautiful, y'all. I literally, I'm not even kidding you. I cry a lot in books, but I usually cry when somebody is killed, when something <laughs> horrible happens, when there's like mayhem and it's like heartbreaking. No, I cried because it was so fucking beautiful. And but so don't you sweet. love crying because something's yes. beautiful? Like I love crying yes. because something's. 
it's so rare for me to find in a book like this. And I could not help myself. It was so lovely. She's sitting at the window and they're singing to her and Christopher's standing over her. And then afterward, it was the sweetest thing because they're just like, they're like, oh, Matt, you know, miss, if, if he doesn't do the job, we'll come and help you out. You know, and like, it's just like yeah. this beautiful sort of, it's like he's bonding with his riflemen. It's so romantic. It's so romantic. It's very romantic. It's so it's very romantic. romantic. And they're just sort of like sending them off to their honeymoon together with this beautiful song and it was what was mentioned in the letters you know it's a tie back to the letters i was like good god yeah. lisa Claypus, you are like a fucking There's genius so many pines to the letters it's like it's unbelievable perfect. i like i'm like how how does she write something so beautiful and like over and over again she writes books like this it's amazing to me honestly it just yeah, truly is it does. okay it is. your uh showdown which is not going to beat mine but go ahead you can try <laughs> so my showdown scene also happens at this cottage my showdown scene is whenever he finds out figures out that it's beatrix yes. um i loved how i i remember reading it for the first time and beatrix she has a line where it says like she fled to the one place where she knew that he couldn't find her and i was like oh my god you're going to the cottage but don't you remember you told him about it and so i was yeah. like please let him show up please yeah, let him show too. up and I really thought we'd have to wait a time before he showed up there, but it happened almost instantaneously. And I cannot tell you how happy that made me, how fast my heart was beating because I was like, oh my God, this is happening like now. Like there's going to be no pause, no, you know, angst, like drawing it out, like him trying to get the truth out of her. Yeah. Like he's there now. Yeah. And I also really loved it because he's so adamant from the time that he realized that Prudence was not the one to write the letters, that he was so angry. Yeah. And he wanted to, you know, payback basically was his his motive of finding the person who really wrote the letters. But you can tell by the way he's speaking to her whenever he's like, tell me the truth. You know, did you write the letters? And whenever he says, why did you stop? I started crying too because I was like, oh my God. Why did you stop? He the letters. Like those are the things that brought him peace yes. and solace and a little yes. bit of the normal world whenever yes. his world was freaking blowing up around yeah. him. And it was beautiful. And the it's fact so that beautiful. he told her that he loved her right away. Like he was already in love with the person in the letters and he finally he found her. Find her. Yeah, I agree. Look, it was such a relief. Yeah. It was such a relief. Yeah. And yeah. Like, why are these two the most the sweetest couple ever? It, it, it oh was, my god, it was amazing! It's, it's just, amazing. I love them together. Yeah, together. It, and and, and just, he understands her. Like, yeah, you are peculiar, but like, that's okay. That's, but it's fine. I love you too. I love yeah, you. Like, it doesn't fine. matter. Oh, and like, man. she's like, you still have me. Like, with all, like, you know, I'm not going to give him my animals. And he was like, yeah, no, I already figured that out. Yeah, like, that, yeah, they're yeah. going to come with us. Yeah, like, it's fine. That's not shocking. Yeah, <laughs> got that. Like even the hedgehog you don't like that you basically like called like, a rodent or whatever. And he was like, yeah, even her like Medusa can come like it's fine. Like I will get used to all the animals yeah. because they're a part of you. And I was just like he just accepts her so readily. And I was I was expecting possibly like a fight or a denial like this mm -hmm. can't be the person that I'm in love with. But it didn't happen that way. And I just it was beautiful. It was everything I ever wanted. And they're one of my favorite couples, at least the Clay. But I mean, they Lisa really Clay are. And that's hard. I really don't dislike any couple that I she's don't. written. So. There's so many. Like, I loved Wynn and Kev from uh, Hathaway. Wynn and Kev too. have an absolute special place um, in my heart. I love their story. I thought it was beautiful. I just think 
she just all the hathaways are five star across every single one's five plus star for me too like i totally agree so yeah yeah, yeah. y'all, if and you haven't read in this. you're wondering, this is not the last <laughs> one that we'll be doing with Lisa Kleypas because we do have plans to do Chase and Cassandra, um, just not um, in a couple months because, of course, we like to give other authors some spotlights. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of spacing it. Like, yeah. well, we'll do it later on. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's going to come. Even but, though I'm um, starting to read it tonight. So <laughs> it's my last yeah, one. fine. You'll have a chance to reread before mm-hmm. we record that podcast, yeah. so it'll be good. It'll be good. Anyway, we hope that you enjoyed today's episode, and we look forward to the next one where we'll be discussing The Simple Wild by K.A. Tucker. Thanks so much for listening. This goes out to all the fangirls. Life's better with a little H.E.A. 